Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I am your host, John Harris, and on my right-hand side is my right-hand man, Gabriel. We got a Gucci time. Gucci, Gucci time. It is a Gucci time. And that sample you just heard was What Went Wrong by the Wise Man's Fear. And wise men also have Gucci times. And I've got the Wise Man's Fear on the show with me right now. I've got a new album called Valley of Kings, such released via Sharp Tone Records on May 29th. And right now I'm being joined by Paul to share some stories about the music, share more info about the band. So, Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here, man. Absolutely. Great to have you on. And uh, I dig your setup. You look more prepared for this interview than I do. <laughs> Thank you, dude. Sharp Tone has been putting in the legwork and getting us interviews uh, pretty frequently, so I've had to keep my room somewhat clean and presentable. Aside from the little TV in the back corner, uh, we've been playing a lot of Call of Duty Warzone and getting three dudes in the room at the same time, all jamming on different TVs. <laughs> there we go. I was going to say, nothing sounds better than three dudes crammed into a room. I hope it's a sweaty room. <laughs> A socially distanced cram. Dude, it's like it's like college all over again. My roommates and I just chilling, playing video games. It's a good life. <laughs> it is a good life. Beautiful. All right. Well, speaking of things that are going right, let's go listen back to that track, What Went Wrong. What went wrong? Who wants a Gucci doll? All right. Coming back from the track, What Went Wrong? And I don't know. I just, I just dig it, Paul. I just dig it. Uh, your cup is blue, the mic we've got is blue, the tint on the music video is blue, there's a lot of blue going on here. <laughs> uh, we were feeling blue when we wrote it, it all, you know, it's all symbolic. Exactly. Um, it's all blue in the music video. All blue, baby. So uh, true. So true. And the funny thing is, I think, if I'm not uh, wrong, my note is, you guys are fantasy core. Yes, sir, that is the sort of term that we have cut out to establish our sound um we got really tired of trying to explain to people well it's like melodic modern metalcore with fantastical sonic elements and lyrics that depict a story set in a made-up fantasy universe it just became like way too much to uh tell somebody in 30 seconds if you were trying to describe the sound so <laughs> fantasy core uh we do metalcore and we do it fantasy style so that's sort of how we landed on that yeah because the thing is, the two tracks we're going to be chatting about today, I think, are quite different from each other. Um, or maybe you feel differently. Um, no, I'd, I'd agree with you for sure. And I remember when I heard the first track, and I always wait for a second track before I have people come onto the show. When I heard the second track, I was like, whoa. It's like, whoa. It's a completely different band or something. What's going on here? <laughs> um, but I definitely dig the way that this track just starts off and... I don't know. It just seems like a, a a simmering angst that's about to boil over the minute the song starts. And it's like I came into the middle of a Quentin Tarantino scene and I'm like, what is going to happen? Dude, we got to get you to start writing our bios for stuff, our press releases. <laughs> a simmering angst. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I mean, uh, our our vocalist, Tyler sort of spearheaded that whole track like he he wrote the guitars he wrote the structure for the whole song he wrote the vast majority of the lyrics um but yeah it's it's kind of a fun band to write for in that so when he wrote that song he was writing it about um you know a really turbulent time in his life a while back because we started writing for this record a while ago um so there's that meaning to him and then we'll also you know once songs get written we'll repurpose them and uh assign them sort of a slot in the story arc of the album so it's every every song kind of has this duality where there's a personal component, but then the side that's presented to people is a lot 
it's a lot more uh, conceptual and metaphorical, and it's being spoken through the voice of these characters. So it sort of creates that barrier of uh, separation, which is a fun, fun little poetic device to use. Yeah. Okay, so take us through that. So there's a character in the track then? Or through the whole album? Or how does yeah, it work? For sure. And actually on this record, there are five protagonists. It's sort of, we like to describe this record as if Lord of the Rings, uh, if the Fellowship of the Ring and Journey to the Center of the Earth had a baby and dropped it through Alice in Wonderland's looking glass, like it would be something like this record. Um, the five main characters, and they're each the greatest warriors in the land at the time. Um, and they're setting out to destroy these five evil relics that are left over from our second record, The Lost City. Uh, and so the whole thing is this quest for them to find the Valley of Kings, which is the only way that they can destroy the relics. So it's sort of the trials and tribulations of the group. Um, and each of them represents a philosophical worldview. So you've got nihilism, absurdism, monotheistic, or uh, atheistic existentialism, theistic existentialism, and then the last character just represents a blank slate, so unaffected by a, a preset worldview. But yeah, they're all just um, making their way towards the middle of the earth, as one does, and it's sort of providing a commentary back and forth between um, the problem solving of different worldviews and how you can see the same events and filter them very differently depending on your predisposition. Wow. And then when you go towards your doctorate in sociology, you could present this as your <laughs> thesis work. Oh, dude, if I ever go back to school, I feel like it'll be out of a midlife crisis or something. I'm, <laughs> I'm so, so glad to be out. <laughs> True story. Our, uh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, our poor bassist, Thomas, is, is going to school at Indiana University right now in Bloomington and um, got sent home because the whole campus closed down as per the pandemic. And yeah, it's it's been a bummer for him. This is, It's been like a rough transition. He's got to go live in his and my hometown, Kirkland, Indiana, for the next bit, at least till the fall semester at the soonest. And yeah, they've got about the slowest internet on the world. So I feel bad for them. <laughs> Not in Kirkland. Not in Kirkland. Yeah. <laughs> Not through the 421 and the 38. <laughs> Which is the perfect place to Gucci. It's the perfect place to Gucci. It was founded in 1830. And I'm sure in 1830 in Indiana, there was no philosophical viewpoints <laughs> at, that, at that point in time. Yeah. On the, on the road sign, it says, Kirkland, the perfect place to Gucci. It does. On the way into town. The perfect place to Gucci. <laughs> what went wrong? Nothing, man. Uh, but yeah, because of the whole you know pandemic, I was thinking, okay, well, what if, I don't know, for some strange reason, I feel like I should go back to school. So I went to our university's website and started looking at master's and doctoral degree programs because I already have a bachelor's. And I was mm-hmm. just looking at everything that they do, and I was like, these people are useless. Like... <laughs> Don't tell them that. Don't let them know. Exactly. Don't let the academics know that they have no purpose in life. Because um, oddly enough, just through this pandemic, and obviously uh, work as a chef, because I used to be an engineer, and then that work dried up uh, where I was at, so I went mm. back into cooking. And it's, I don't know, I've, just, I've become so useful that I look at people just pandering about with, uh, you know, academic terminology for something that isn't doing anything for anybody, and I'm like, well... That used to seem so mo- so fun, but now I just want to be useful. Like I just want to go grow yeah. a tomato so I can give it to somebody who doesn't have food and go, "Here you go. Here's food." That's kind of it's kind of interesting to hear the perspective of an ex-engineer now finding more utility, you know, being a chef, being something very practical. That's kind of a cool perspective. 
I feel like if, if someone's like, oh, what's the most practical practical career? They'd be like, oh, an engineer. You know, you make stuff, but it's all it's all supply and demand. You know, if people like people need food, <laughs> bottom of the hierarchy of needs. So, you know, that's where a lot of use comes from. Mm-hmm. Exactamente. Now, if you don't know track <laughs> what went wrong, then you'll super de duper love the blue tint music video that we had actually just chatted about in the beginning. Um, so, I mean, I guess maybe just take us through the music video. It looks like a simple performance video, but I mean, take us through maybe some of the thematics of, like, for example, why is it blue? Because it's cool? Yeah. Okay. It is. Blue is a cool color. Um, we So the trajectory of the record places what went wrong sort of in the middle, and it's very literally like what went wrong with the the company of five on their quest, and it's this sort of schism inflection point where some of the group members want to turn back and abandon the quest. The other ones want to stick to this like blood pact that they swore. Um, so it's, it's sort of like the group reflecting on itself. And, uh, but it's also the sort of the reason it's blue is there's, you know, it feels like a little bit cold and dark. Uh, and it's also the precursor to, or it comes right after the track, the cave, I believe um, it's right next to the cave on the record. And the cave is where they actually, you know, start to enter the tunnel that's going to lead down to the center of the earth. So if they're recently underground and everything's got this like weird fleety shadowy feel. So that's what we were trying to replicate. Um, we've got some red accent lights um, to kind of mirror, you know, pl- the the track, the cave is based on play- Plato's uh, analogy of the cave. So in that analogy there, you know, the shadows on the wall and there's this fire in the middle, but it's like this really dark, depressing setting um, so we're we're trying to sort of draw on some of that, but then package it into a performance music video that, um, you know, provides some contrast to our first music video, The Relics of Nihilix, where there's a lot of dense storytelling going on. This one is a little more accessible to people who may be new to the band, but it still, you know, has a little bit of symbolism in there. All right. I'm on a Wikipedia page right now looking at the allegory of the cave. Oh, dude, it's fascinating. There, yeah, I, I went down this big old rabbit hole of watching people's youtube analyses of that allegory and super super ahead of its time i think so it's something that we kind of like to pay homage to especially because you know like our band name itself is kind of like a socratic stance on pride and sort of the more you know the more you realize you don't know so it's like impossible to be wise and prideful at the same time is kind of what our name is derived from um but yeah, so there's like a lot of that Greek philosophy has kind of had an impact on how we uh, move the characters in our storylines and things like that. Paul, I have absolute pride in being wise. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I am the wisest man I know, dude. <laughs> and most humble. Exactly. Yeah. Why I, can't I do? I hate when people forget that I'm humble. I hate when I have to remind them about it, you know? All right, beautiful. Well, speaking of the Relics of Nilex, let's go and listen to that track, The Relics of Nilex. The Relics of Nilex, Rex, 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 and the Gucci Tag. All right, coming back from the track, The Relics (laughs) of Nilex. Now, true story, Paul, is that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, being as wise as I am, I looked at my wife, who's really into Egyptian mythology and whatnot. Long before mm. I read anything about this album, I got the email, um, you know, from from Sharp Tone, and it said the relics, and I went of near, and then I saw the Valley of Kings, and I just looked at my wife and I said, "Woman, 
what? <laughs> Who is Neelix and what are his relics? And she was like, what? That's not real. And I was like, what do you mean? The Valley of Kings is Egypt, right? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so there's relics there, right? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, so what's Neelix? She's like, <laughs> she's like, nothing. It's not real. So I'm like, why? So I took to the internet and Paul, I cried. Oh, it, no. I met, that was I, never our intent. <laughs> I met my fear that I maybe was not as wise as I thought. Ah, classic. It, Dang, man. I know, and that's what went wrong. <laughs> but on a more serious note, you mentioned that there are uh, five, do we want to call them personas or personages or just rather protagonists? They've got yeah. uh, different philosophical worldviews. And so I'm speculating that since you mentioned that one of those worldviews is nihilism, uh, this is going to be something pertaining to nihilism because of the root word nihil? A little bit, yeah. Um, so it's a combination of that root word and then lux, which is Latin for light. So together it just creates anti-light or the absence of light. And that was, we were basically just trying to describe how, like the evil nature of the relics and how they are, you know, this like dark sorcery that's existed and been a thorn in the side of the land for a thousand years. Um, and actually our our second record was sort of where we established a little bit of this, but there is this sort of arch villain who's present throughout the trilogy and he has these five generals and each of them create a relic. And um, it's a little, it's kind of alluded to in the album art of the lost city, which is our second record, which is a lot more Egyptian inspired uh, ironically, but then yeah, fast forward a thousand years and you've got people basically trying to get rid of the evil relics from way back when. Uh, But good, good uh, eye on the, Valley of Kings being a Luxor reference, um, that something about that ancient Egyptian mythos is just so fascinating to me. I I could just read about it forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, if going back to cooking and and sorcery and witchcraft, bread is thought to have been invented by Egyptian witchcraft, which we now understand is just the most ludicrous propaganda you could come up with. <laughs> But I guess that's the thing about propaganda is that eventually time will erase propaganda or something. I don't know. Yeah, and it's it's only ridiculous after the fact. You after know, the fact, once yeah. it's been debunked. Yeah, exactly. Oddly <laughs> uh, enough, you mentioned you know that these guys are creating relics, and I thought, can you create a relic, or do you just create something and it becomes a relic? And so I looked at actually looked at the definition of relic, and it's an object surviving from an earlier time especially one of historical or sentimental interest. And I could pick apart that for a long time because if I found a grocery <laughs> list from somebody from a thousand years ago, I would find that to be of historical interest personally. <laughs> what I call Maybe a, that's what this is, a bunch of grocery lists from these evil generals back in the, the War of Numa. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no, not Numa Numa dance. It's all coming back to me now. Dance, we got the Gucci dance, the Dooney yeah. dance, and I just blew We're an advanced society. We have the Gucci dance now. We are. The Gucci, Gucci dance. <laughs> people Gucci people got to get down, man. They got to party. That's the wise man's fear. So true. It's so true. It is. Okay, fantastic. Now, take us to this music video, because if you dug the track, um, the relics of Neelix, Nilix, um, you say it. spandex, and then... <laughs> You are Gucci Gucci Spanx, then what you are absolutely going to love is the music video, which is actually orange now. So we're going through the entire palette of colors. But I guess uh, maybe take us through 
the symbolic reference that number one, this song comes out of the out of the gate swinging. I felt like I was attacked. I felt like people were coming Good. at me for my soul. Uh, I shut the screen and I went Egyptian witchcraft and I shut the screen <laughs> and then, the bread. Yeah, and then I burned all the bread in the house. Uh, <laughs> I was a good Jew that day, <laughs> and um, yeah, that's pretty much how that whole thing went. So take us through this music video. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to your point, it is uh, sort of warm colors, red, oranges, and yellows, and that is sort of to reflect the album art. This is kind of like the flagship song for that record. First track on the record really sets the tone, establishes the storyline, um, but then also like the uh, the album art accent color is red and together with the other two in the trilogy it forms the red green blue triad so it's sort of completing the trilogy in that way um, so we wanted to keep that prevalent in this music video but yeah the the sort of story stuff story substance of the music video is you were seeing these five warriors gather together uh, and essentially sign a blood pact swearing to destroy these relics and um you know they're the track is like really punchy, like you'd mentioned. So it's just representing they have a ton of resolve and they're, you know, they're sort of feeling ready for anything. But then lyrically, it's describing a bit how they have ulterior motives and some of them are in it for fortune and fame and, um, you know, all the glory and whatnot. So it's kind of, it's kind of a, um, a foreboding track in a way because it's, hinting and foreshadowing at the fact that the group is going to eventually schism and turn on itself. Wow. I mean, a lot, a lot they, of story. Yeah. <laughs> to and, pack. And, and big words. There were multi-syllabic <laughs> phrases in that, uh, entire, entire thing you had going on there. Um, David Hall actually on YouTube says, why is the wise man's fear so underrated? Mm. I hope he was talking about the book because that's especially true of the book. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, because we are definitely not underrated. But thanks, David. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks, David. Um, we have a lot of pride in how wise we are, and we do not have that fear. Because <laughs> it wouldn't be wise to have fear. <laughs> and we're fear. Gucci. And we're Gucci. As Gucci Ma, I don't think that's how things go today. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, if you dug the two tracks, What Went Wrong and The Relics of Neelix, then you are going to be super excited that on May 29th via Sharp Tone Records came a full album called Valley of Kings, and you kind of mentioned that... It's not what I thought it was, which is why I cried. Emotionally <laughs> on the inside, I kept it inside. It's important to teach the children that men don't cry. And um, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we got these five protagonists, and it's like if Lord of the Rings and Alice in Wonderland made a baby, which is quite an interesting uh, scenario. And the baby Gucci. And the baby is Gucci. <laughs> And they are on their way to the Valley of Kings to destroy relics, and they have five different worldviews. But, I mean, I guess maybe run us through that. I don't know. Maybe you should run us through it one more time. Maybe just take us through the fact that the two tracks that we listen to today are really quite different from each other. So what should we expect from the sonic landscape with regard to the album? And maybe a better question, Paul, is when you guys put together the body of work, what was the intention maybe musically? And I think we've gotten a really good idea lyrically of what you guys set out to do. But musically, maybe, what did you guys set out to do? Yeah, great question, man. Um, for each record, we'll establish uh, like a overarching concept first. And then um, sort of parallel to that, we're working on a bunch of instrumentals. And then, yeah, sonically, the record is informed sort of by the story. And that just means, you know, so you have a track like Relics early on in the record correlating to the story material early in the record, but it's, it's fun uh, modeling a record after a story 
uh, because you get this sort of natural trajectory and ebb and flow of energy. So um, as far as the decision to release the singles we did, we wanted to use the first one, Relics, to sort of reinforce that we haven't gone soft and we haven't you know, become a radio rock band like every metalcore band seemed to be trying to do for a little while there. Um, and also to get some of those heavier story elements across. Um, but then the second single we released to demonstrate a more melodic side and to sort of um, reinforce the dynamicism of the record and show that there is a trajectory. Um, and it's it's fun. Sonically, you know, we took like a lot of the fantasy elements from this record are ancient Celtic instruments, which was sort of a decision we made ahead of time because that um, that sort of mysticism and that warrior culture, we felt like aligned sort of with the story we were trying to tell. Uh, but it all has a play on, you know, the energy of the songs, the ebb and flow of the record, which we try to view as a whole cohesive work rather than, you know, strapping 11 songs onto the same disc and handing it out. Yeah. I like the handing it out part. That tells me that you guys know what it's like to put in the footwork. And Gucci. And, oh, yeah. And Gucci. And the Gucci. And the Gucci. <laughs> all right. Perfect. It's an entire Gucci interview. It's... it's <laughs> Probably the most Gucci interview Paul's ever had, and I don't mean to say that with a lick of or lack no, of. No, that's that's absolutely true, man. <laughs> we don't get a lot of Gucci as uh, small tier metalcore artist. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think I've been known for my hubris from time to time, but <laughs> I'm groovy. All right. Normally this time we would be chatting about tours, festivals, but that's canceled. So, um, is there any other news that you wanted to chat about that maybe I missed? Um, you know, not really. This We're putting out actually a third music video and single tonight at midnight, uh, right as the clock strikes May 29th. So that's going to be for Firefall, which is the 10th track on the record. And that one's just as heavy as they come for us. I think it might be the heaviest track we've done. Just super mean. Um, but again, it's it's the storyline there is it's the final showdown between the antagonist and the protagonist having a sword fight and just beating the crap out of each other. So it's, you know, the heaviness is uh, reinforcing the story and the story is reinforcing the heaviness there. Um, but that's coming out tonight. Valley of Kings is out May 29th through Sharp Tone Records. Um, and, you know, when touring becomes possible again, we're going to try to make that happen. Cool. All right. Well, Paul, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast. Thanks for having me, John. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> 